Welcome to the Growing Together podcast, a show for inspiring conversation and practical steps to help your church become the church where all generations thrive. I'm your host, Justin Koo, and today my guest is Justin Ying. He's a young adult director at the Texas Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. He's worked as a missionary in India, the Philippines, China, Thailand, and Laos, and has spent several years as a ministries director for the Center of Youth Evangelism. So I'm, I'm kind of curious uh, to know if Korean culture is similar to Chinese culture. I know that in my house, um, in, in my culture context growing up, you know, handing off the keys to leadership wasn't something that came very easily or naturally. I think that for a lot of my, my, my aunties and uh, my uncles, my grandparents, once they got to a position of power, you could say, where they had worked really hard to get there, it seemed tough to be willing to step down. Is that, is that true in your experience working with Korean churches? Oh, definitely. Um, the, I guess the Asian oriented cultures do have the hierarchical, authoritative, <laughs> and you have to work super hard to get to where you are. So when you get there, you want to hold, hold on to it as long as you can. <laughs> and for some, for some of the Korean elders that are in, in, in the States, you know, I don't know how, what, what it's like for you, but the immigrants, when they first came, they had only maybe $100 in their pockets. Right. They had to work from the ground up and they had to build everything. And the church, for the, for the Adventist Koreans that have immigrated, for some of them, it's their baby. It's what they have built and it's how, how you know, they earn the right to become the leaders of the church. So, you know, I empathize, but yeah, that is the reality for our churches. I where key chaining is I, not too too hard, uh, too easy. Yeah, I, I remember going to a church and I met this older couple, the nicest people in the world. Um, but he was like, "Yeah, I I put the roof on this church," and I kind of laughed like it was an expression, like, "Oh, cool! Like you've worked really hard for the church, you've served for many years." And like he had a deadpan look. He's like, "No, like I lit, like literally." I put the roof on this church. I'm oh shoot, like man, the level of commitment so many people have had to the church is just awe-inspiring. I think that that's definitely something my generation needs to learn from older generations because when oh, yeah. things get tough, when we don't get our way, we're more likely to see the door. And I think that this has right. frustrated so many uh, older generational leaders because you know they care about the church. It's something that they sacrifice, blood, sweat, and tears, maybe even literally. And yet right now we're telling them that one of the keys to being successful is to give up their position of authority that they worked for decades to get. And I got to imagine that that's, that's really hard for people to do. Oh, that's super tough. Uh, I mean... To put myself in their position and to be asked to do what they're being asked to do, I don't know if I can actually take that. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you got to take your own medicine. You know? So, so how? So then, why are you saying it? Then, if it's something that even you're, you yourself you resonate with the idea, I don't know if I could do it. Like mm. it seems to be something that you really believe in. Oh yes, yes, definitely. Because I think through countless, I guess, research or any type of stories that are out there of churches that are aging and shrinking. The, I think, primary criteria that those realities exist among us is because of our tendency to hold on way too long to those leadership, uh, not only positions, but uh, I guess roles of influence. And, um, and as, you, as you just said, <laughs> one of the elders that I first met when I went to the church, he literally used your expression, blood toil and sweat <laughs> you know he's the, he was the one that laid the cornerstone 
of the church. And, oh, you know, I, I, I have tremendous respect for him. And it was super hard to relinquish. Yeah. yeah. So that's our reality. So, so obviously, handing off the keys is something that's going to have to happen at some point. Uh, I think what we're right. trying to say is that, hey, that transition can be smoother. Rather than having to vacate that position out of necessity because of old age or retirement or moving on to the next thing, what would it look like if we intentionally groomed and taught and, and discipled people to take these positions so that way when we leave, uh, it's not like a step down, but actually a step up because people are, are intentionally groomed for, for leadership and these types of things. Um, what does that look like? Have, have you seen that done successfully at all? Or are we just talking ideas at this point? Yeah, it definitely is a tough journey. But it, it, as you are faithful to the journey, it can be done. And here in this Korean church in the middle of a suburb in northern Atlanta, where many people have immigrated and have started their you know, you know, livelihood uh, and began this church, uh, first and foremost, one of the biggest decisions that they had to make as a church was to invite me as the, the first, second generation, 30-something senior pastor. Um, because all the previous uh, senior pastors at this church were 60-something. Yeah, that's got to be kind of a, a, I don't know if it's an ego blow, but just like to have an older generation, you know, 60, 70-year-old elders of the church being taught by a 30-year-old whippersnapper, you know, just like, who are you to teach us about whatever life is about, right? Right. And they usually use the expression that the blood hasn't dried off my my head yet, you know? <laughs> That's the actual literal expression that they use, you know? Is that an English thing or is that a Korean thing? That's a Korean thing that's probably a literal translation. You know how when you're born... No, no, I, I get it. What's, what's the Korean words that they use? <laughs> The Korean that they use is "머리에 피도안 말른." So it's uh, it's something that they use to really almost a derogatory terminology that they use for any younger person that's trying to do oh, something. Oh man, that's so funny. Okay, yeah. so now you're their pastor. Uh, they're taking yeah. a step forward in good faith to try and be a part of this process. You told me about uh, one of the elders or deaconesses of your church, someone who's like in their seventies or something like that. Can you recount that story for me? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the 70-something deaconess that I was talking to you about had been a founding member of this church. And from almost the beginning of the, the church, she has been the bulletin secretary. And bulletin secretary was her thing, her baby, because you know she wanted those connections to know all the different information and wanted to know how the church operated. And she has been holding on to that position for 20, 25 years. Wow, and uh, and I came around, became the senior pastor, and we worked with her, and we began our growing young journey, and held those forums, and began to have conversations about what teaching leadership is all about. But all throughout that time, we didn't say a word to her. Uh, I didn't I didn't ask her to keychain any you know her leadership of this particular role that she had. Was that intentional? Did you anticipate some kind of uh, to the death battle if you were to ask her to do so? Well, if I would have won up and said, hey, can you please relinquish your role as a bulletin secretary? I, yeah, I cannot imagine what could have transpired. Um, she's, <laughs> she's known to be one of, uh, one of the, the deaconesses that really ran this church. Oh. And she prided herself in doing so. I'm sure she, she did a great job at it, too. Like, I'm sure whatever oh, she, she was, was in she charge was, she was of amazing. worked. Yeah, of course. 
Yeah, had had weakness. She's an amazing cook, and she rallied people. There was you know teams of people that were following her. So I really did not know if it was my place at you know right there and then, almost after my arrival, to ask her to do something like that. So I prayed about it, and you know the leadership team prayed about it together. And one Sabbath, she just came up to me and said, "Pastor, I think it's time for me to keychain my role." As a bulletin secretary, wow. and she had a protege in mind—a forty-something deaconess that recently became a deaconess—and she said, "I'm going to train her and continue to empower her for this role." And that was one of the first signs of keychain leadership that took place at our church. Yeah. That's so cool. I I love I love that so much. Leading by example and and just her willingness to do that and. As weird as it, I mean, for me, that position is such a weird one in the church, like when it comes to like bulletins. Uh, as someone who grew up in an age with, with smartphones and technology, when I think about a bulletin, I'm just like, why? Like, it just doesn't seem valuable. And, right. and I can understand how maybe someone in, in a different generation might look at some of the things that I'm interested in and feel the same way. Like, why? That doesn't seem important at all. Who cares? And, it, and, and yet on both sides of the equation, it can be tough to, to give and take. It can be tough to, to put yourself in someone else's shoes. And I just so appreciate that she was willing um, to make that hard decision, uh, to put right. someone else in, in her position and to give up one of those, I don't know, one of those things that she had worked so hard for. Um, that's that's yeah, super exciting. On any given week, she had to spend at least, I would say, five to ten hours contacting oh, wow. people, crafting it. It's like a three-column perfect graphic letters spacing you know i mean she put her heart and soul into it and she had to get the right information and back in the days bulletin served as the primary tool of communication among church membership of who moved and whose son or you know daughter went to which school and all um, kinds of community business contact info was on the bulletin because that was the immigrant life wow. and church was the the hub yeah wow so I, I'm guessing that in, in handing over this role and giving the keys to someone else, that there was a reason why this elder chose this, this other person. I'm guessing it wasn't just like, okay, I should do this out of principle, so I'm going to just throw a stone and the closest young person that it lands to, that's going to be my protege. I'm guessing that there was, I don't know, some background in relational capital that was built. Do you have any insight as to how she chose this person to fill her position? Yeah, so the background story is as she was serving as the head deaconess and they are all, um, they're all looking for new deaconesses in the upcoming new year. And uh, she, you know, put her eye on this one particular person that had been so faithfully, you know, growing in her mm -hmm. faith journey with Christ. Then she had often invited her to her home and saw so much potential in her. And also uh, the fact that, um, you know, her husband was a non-Adventist that began to come to church because of her faith in Christ. And she wanted to facilitate that kind of relationship, invited both of them to their house. So there's, as you said, there's relational capital that was built there. And uh, because of her intentional, um, I guess, invitation to her home and into her life, she, she thought it would be a great uh, transition for her to grant her this role that would really get her committed wow. to the life of the church. Yeah, you know, to to go out that far and to to kind of like 
I don't know. I, I, I'm thinking that that this journey for this deacon or this elder um, was a process of some time. I'm guessing that prior to her communicating to you, hey, pastor, I think it's time for me to, to pass the keys along. She had been thinking and praying about this for a while. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why she's inviting people over to her home. There's a reason why she's in, intentional in relationships. And it's because, at least how I tell the story in my mind, uh, she has an eye towards the overall vision and mission of what she's called here to do. And I think that that's so cool to see that played out in, in its multiple steps leading forward. That intentionality of listening, of building relationship, and eventually having that that step of faith to pass the keys on to the next generation. Yes, uh, I I, I have tremendous appreciation for what she did because I know how hard it must have been. And uh, she's naturally a relational person that likes people, but this was a role and responsibility she took really seriously. And the fact that she was pondering, praying about it, building relationship, and eventually relinquishing the, the, the role and the keys to this person I mean, that set off the momentum of keychain leadership at our church. So I have tremendous appreciation for her. Hmm. Uh, I know that you've since moved on uh, from that church that you were working with, but any sense on how this young protege is, is, is doing now? Oh, she is uh, she's doing fantastic. Um, her husband is actually actively involved as, as a new elder now. Wow, and this and, is the one that uh, just converted to Christianity recently. Yes, yes, yeah, just recently. And he was a younger elder uh, or younger member that was also mentored by a seasoned elder, which happened to be this deacon's husband. So everything oh. is connected. So everything is connected in the way that she was cultivated and she was mentored and how her husband came alongside that journey. And right now, they're, you know, the power couple. That's actually serving in, in different capacities, also reaching out to the refugee community that's there in Clarkston, Georgia. So, yeah, praise God for that particular family, that particular story. Man, what a blessing. Yeah. How, how, yeah. how much stronger could our churches be if we all had an intentionality when it came to building community, building relational capital, and then sharing the workload and the mission of the church? It's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, I mean, the beauty of that is after that, a lot of the, the young adults actually took, a, took it upon themselves to keychain and create a junior priest team. Um, and that's another keychain story that transpired. And also, the VBS director also trained an 18-year-old high school student wow. to be the next VBS director. So there's all kinds of repercussions and momentum that was gained by one person that, is, that was willing to actually go through this, this journey of keychaining another leader. Yeah, it reminds me of what you and I had talked about a couple episodes ago about how you model the mentorship that you've seen. And just yeah. to see that, you know, this middle generation is now already passing the keys down to an 18-year-old. It's, it's going to be a short while before uh, your toddlers are up there preaching sermons, it sounds like. <laughs> you guys are doing something right. <laughs> oh, man. The toddlers are already singing up there multiple times a, uh, uh, a quarter. So. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so enough. They'll be preaching for Christ. There yes. you go. And a child shall lead them. Isn't that what the scriptures say? Oh, yes. And usually it is because of those children that many of the parents are inspired to come back to church. And that's we play beautiful. that. We see that played out as well. Yeah. That's beautiful. I think that that's, that just kind of locks us into this value. You know, growing young, growing together is not just about something for young people. 
Uh, it absolutely starts there. It absolutely is a blessing with young people. But ultimately, you know, this type of culture shift is, is good for everyone. You know, parents are blessed, grandparents are blessed, elders and kids in the church. Everyone is blessed when, when we have an eye towards each other and we're able to serve each other and uh, work together. So Justin, thank you so much for the stories. I appreciate it, man. I, I love what y'all are doing out there and just want to encourage you guys to keep moving forward. Thank you so much.